So welcome to church. If you came here for Vintage Church or Traveler's Church, congratulations, you're in the right spot. It's been a wild time as our God has been weaving together two congregations into one. And uh, so we announced last week uh, we will be Traveler's Church moving into the future, but regardless of how you got here, you're in the right spot. We're all about Jesus. It's not about a brand or a logo or a title or any of that kind of stuff. So we're just glad you're here. And if it's your first time or you've never given us your information before, we would love to speak with you after the service, and I will be out at a table along with a couple friends just in this lobby. Uh, If you'd bring this connect card out there at the end of the service, that would be a great way for us to follow up with you. And so I'd encourage you as we jump into the word of God this morning to begin filling this out because I'm going to call every single person that hears my voice today in the room and online to a response. But I don't know what your response should be. So you're going to have to talk to God about it. And I hope you will because church is a great place to pray. Amen. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I'll tell you guys a story while you turn there. You know, in a family, everybody has responsibilities in different roles. Uh, Lexi and I particularly enjoy cooking together. I don't know what that's like in your house, but we both like to cook, and so it's sort of fun to do that together. But she does all the laundry. It's not my thing, and she's cool, you know. I do all the landscaping, not her thing, and I'm cool, so no problem. Maybe you have some routines in your household, right? And we rotate through some things, too, but if we kept score about what each person did, how do you think that would work? That'd be pretty bad. We start keeping score. You did this, and you didn't do that, and I did this, and and we start doing it like that. Uh, You know, it's not going to be so great. It's been said that marriage is designed by God to make us holy, not happy. But I think it should do both, don't you? I like holy and happy together. I think those are two peas in a pod. Uh, Jesus is the pod, you know, so they go together. Um, And so what I would say is we're not exactly talking about marriage this morning, but the reason I bring that up is because we are talking about the kingdom of God in Matthew 25. In this chapter, Jesus shares a parable, uh, and that just means a story that's not true in and of itself, but is to illustrate something that is true. And this parable helps us better understand the kingdom of God and God's church. And so if you think about marriage for a moment, it will actually help you understand the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is based upon a king and a royal family. We just sang about how we're royalty, didn't we? And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you're not only part of the kingdom of God, but you're part of the royal family. You've been adopted. If you haven't heard that before, it might sound a little bit weird. But God has adopted you by Jesus Christ into his family, Here's the challenge. Sometimes even when we know something's true, we don't feel it. Sometimes even though we've been adopted into God's family, become part of his kingdom, we can feel like an outsider. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can feel like an outsider. This church isn't that big. You can kind of get to know most people in here, but we're going to grow and it won't always be like that. And you know, I want to know everybody, but Jesus does know everybody in his family, and we want you to feel very much a part of this family, just like Michael and Amy coming to us just this Friday uh, to share this special moment. We want this to be an open invitation by Jesus for everyone to feel part of a kingdom family with Jesus at the head. So how do we feel that way? Well, we are loved. We are his beloved And if we do the things God's called us to do, we feel what God has said come true. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Uh, If we do what Jesus has called us to, we will feel what he has already declared. 
The converse is also true, and that's what Matthew 25 is going to say. It's going to say you're part of a kingdom, and Jesus is going to describe it, but we're going to understand that if we don't live the way God wants us to live, we won't feel the, the weightiness of the truth he has declared to us. And this uh, church merger hasn't been easy, you know? I mean, it's been pretty good, but it hasn't been easy. It reminds me of that reality show like Married at First Sight. You know, you just <laughs> grab the girl, good luck. You're married now. Uh, go figure it out. I don't think those couples last too long. Thankfully, Jesus is in the middle of this marriage. So, Matthew 25 has one key verse I want to share with you this morning. This is what it says. His master said to him, verse 23, it says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. Today we're going to talk about the joy of serving as a steward. But I told you that as we approach the end of this year, I didn't want to ask you to do anything. Well, I don't have to go back on that, but I want to suggest that the most important phrase in this entire text is this, enter the joy of your master. For this season, I think it's the word for us today. Enter the joy of your master. And sometimes our joy is lacking because we're not doing the things God's told us to do. Now, I don't want to go say, go do these things. You can figure all that out. But I do want you to be full of joy. Anybody else want it? Come on, let's get some. Let's pray. Jesus, it's been a a busy morning. It's probably just reflective of the holiday season for a lot of folks in here today. It's good to sit in the stillness of this place and stop And remember that if we go through the motions of reading this text, even if we understand what it means, and even if we believe it, it doesn't mean we're going to get the joy that's inside of it. That comes from you. So help us stop right now and live in the restfulness that it is to be a son and a daughter of the King of Kings. It is his kingdom we meditate upon And it is he we are resting in today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to read from verse 14 to 30 this morning in Matthew 25. I want to give you just a little bit of context. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. In the last chapter, he's been talking about the urgency of the kingdom of God. He's been saying, uh, you never know exactly when um, the Father has declared that Jesus will return, but it's going to happen soon. And so he says, you better be ready. You better be doing the things that he told you to do when he comes back so that he can commend you and say, enter the joy of your master. And so this beginning of the chapter that we're moving past today is a parable about 10 virgins and five of them are ready and five of them are not with a candle for a marriage. And it's an interesting story that says the same thing and it declares that urgency. And once again, he enters into this passage at uh, verse 14. And I'm going to turn there with you. It's been, it's been a crazy morning, let me just tell you. Um, but a good one. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So verse 14, here we go. Are you guys ready? Okay, let's read the word. For it will be like, this is the kingdom of God, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. This is money. To another two. To another one. 
to each one according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. And he who also, uh, who had had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master said to him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, uh, will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place that will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a Christmas text to produce restfulness in our life. I felt the Lord asked me to share this with you this morning because of that one verse about joy. And sometimes you have to hear a hard truth about where your joy went missing. But I don't think this will come off too hard. I hope it's an, a gentle encouragement to you to say, I do want to live the way God wants me to because when I do, I experience the abundant life Jesus bought and paid for. So let me share some words about how we can do that. I've got three points I want you to uh, remember, maybe take a picture, write this down this morning if you would, and I think these will help you apply this text to your life. We're going to make this very practical uh, here as we think about what this means. And Jesus entrusts his followers with stewardship as servants. And so here's our, our big idea for the whole day. This will frame everything. And it's that we are called to steward our time, talents, and treasures for maximum kingdom impact through investment as servants. You might have to parse that out. It's kind of a long sentence, but this will help you remember the whole thing. We are called to steward our time, talents, and treasures for maximum kingdom impact through investment as service. See, our time is the Lord's. He knows our number of days. He breathed life into Adam's lungs and gives us breath today. Our talents, likewise, are the Lord's. We're made in his image to operate in a similar manner to him, and he's bestowed upon us spiritual gifts to be used in his service. Our treasures are also the Lord's. We can store up treasures on earth for this life only or sow our treasures wisely by investing in his eternal kingdom. Does that make sense? So we've got these three things, and too often, we start with the assumption that everything that we hold and have is ours, but we're merely a vessel 
That is the Lord's. We've been bought with a price, therefore we're to honor God in our body. We're to honor God with everything that we hold because we are merely stewards. And let me tell you why this is such a restful reality. Because he's a better owner than us. He's the one responsible for the return on investment. We're just responsible for faithfulness. And sure, we're going to count fruitfulness too because it's a a litmus test if we are being faithful because God always makes the faithful fruitful over time and in his timing as long as you'll agree with him and say, it's not my stuff, it's not my gifts, it's not my time, it's not my body, it's not my life. It's the Lord's, I'm the Lord's, and he is mine. And if you'll say that, you'll grow and joy this holiday season. The second truth from this text today is that the call to serve and steward is actually a greater, a call into greater intimacy and joy in Jesus. This impacted me the most as I was studying and meditating on this this week. The call to serve and steward is actually a call into greater intimacy and joy in Jesus. This is not some kind of, you know, decent sounding thing that's not true. Like very much, if you'll serve and steward, you'll grow in joy. You actually grow in intimacy. It says, enter the joy of your master. This is an invitation to draw nearer to God. And maybe you've been going to church for a while, or maybe you're new here, but that's not the same thing as drawing near to God. That's drawing near to his church. That's good. He's here in a powerful way. But the invitation to draw near to Jesus is the most important invitation you'll ever receive. It's better than any party or any other relationship. And Jesus today is looking at you and at me and he's saying, come serve me because everything I've entrusted to you, I expect back with more. And guess what? I'm gonna make it happen. As long as you'll spend time with me and ask me what to do with it and enjoy the life I've given you. Because all these things that he's called us to steward are meant to go back with him and be multiplied with joy. The goal of stewardship is kingdom returns. The result is entering the joy of Jesus. So I could stand here and say, hey, serve more, give more, do more. Wouldn't be really effective. Some of you might do it. I would appreciate that, I guess. But actually, I I wouldn't. You know why? Because if you're not living out the joy that Jesus has called you into, you're going to burn out. And those gifts and that serving and all that time, it's going to be for nothing a few months from now. You're going to end up tired and say, yeah, I need to get a new church. This place wore me out. And it's because you weren't walking in the joy that God's called you to. We don't want a bunch of tired people around doing a bunch of busy things and missing the mark, right? So consider how carefree it is to be a servant underneath the lordship of Jesus, the owner. Well, Jesus, the owner and author of life, as it says in his word, he operates from a place of joy and full control over the outcome. So if you ever wonder, like, what's, what's Jesus's emotional state? What's our master's emotional default? It is joy. My kids wake up happy most days. And isn't that a cool thing? It, like, reminds me, like, Wes, why'd you wake up with so much angst in your life? You know, you're worried about all sorts of things, and we barely started. And my daughter, Eden Joy, wakes up. This is like the default state of Jesus, I think. Like, yes, life. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be like that? Like a little kid again, you know? See, we can choose to live selfishly or overly cautious or to live as faithful servants with maximized joy through trusting in the Lord. 
surely you wouldn't consider to, uh, you know, continue investing in a toxic relationship that's been that way over a long period of time. We believe in amazing miracles in human relationships, but my point is, as you look at Jesus, uh, his returns are always good. You're not going to go to a stockbroker who's given you junk returns and keep giving him more money, right? Who would do that? You wouldn't keep spending time with people that beat you up every time you were there, would you? No, we wouldn't do any of that. We want to make sure we're a good steward of our time, talents, and treasures. And so if we faithfully serve as a wise steward, we will receive our reward to enter this joy. Said the same thing 10 times now. Anybody heard me yet? Okay, some joy. That's where we're going. And so Jesus calls us into service not to get you to do stuff. Not because he needs us. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need us to work harder and give more and all that. He's got it all. He wants to do it through you so that you'll get the blessing of the joy that is his default state. It is the way that he lives. And I want that for you too. And I want that for me too. So what does it mean to enter the joy of the master? Some of you are like, I go to heaven? Like, what is that? Uh, it's two things, I think. Uh, first, it's the peace that comes from trusting the one we're serving. It's a sense of trust. It's a sense of rest in knowing that God is sovereign over all of his affairs and all of your affairs. And thus the outcome of our stewardship is ultimately up to him. And he has goodness at heart for both us and our investment. Jesus has goodness for us. Second, what, is it, what does it mean to enter the joy of our master? It is the joy of intimate relationship with Jesus. I want you to listen to Jesus' words to his disciples in John chapter 15. This is a beautiful passage, and it talks about the shift that I would hope for us in relationship with him today. It says in verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You're my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. What a text. Anything we ask in his name that he might give it to us. And too often we don't get it because we're so concerned with the things that we don't own while we're busy acting like owners, worried about how to spend our time and talents and treasures on the things of this life. And what Jesus is saying, if you'll stop worrying so much about those things, I will multiply what I've given you so that you have the capacity to do more in this life and enter the joy of the next. There's a lot of different uh, variations of the good news of Jesus you might hear around. I try to always make sure whatever I say, I can point in here to why that is. But sometimes in the Holy Scriptures, things can feel contradictory. You might say, well, this says, ask for whatever in my name and he'll give it to you. And I've tried that before and it didn't work. And you might say, well, I want to try that, but I don't know what that means. What does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? And it means to pray in accordance with his will. It's not a magic phrase at the end of your prayer, in Jesus' name, amen. It means to line your heart up by the Spirit of God and say, God, what do you want me to ask for? That's what Jesus did if you watch him. 
And so what it means to pray in his name is to ask him for the material for your prayers. And when you do that, he'll say, yeah, Wes, here's what you're supposed to do with your time, talents, and treasures. And when you do that, you're going to grow in a joy like you've never known before. Jesus says, you are my friends, what? If you do what I command you. That feels harsh to me the first time. Thinking, do you talk to your friends that way? Hey, if you do what I want you to, you can be my friend. <laughs> we wouldn't go around doing that and have many friends, would we? But Jesus does because he has your best interest at heart. So when Jesus says, do this, it's not manipulative. It's not coercion. It's not a good suggestion. It's good news. It's a perfect plan for your life. A plan to prosper you and not to harm you, yes. A plan for your good that will bring him glory. A plan that is rooted in his primary character attribute that he has self-described in Scripture, love. Riches of love that he has for you. And that's why he chose you and appointed you, that you might go and bear fruit, that when you pray, you would receive what you went to him for because what you were asking for, he already called you to ask him for. So I've rested in this second point a while. You look at this parable of the talents, you look at the, the stewardship of these three examples, two which were uh, positively um, communicated with at the end and one very much negatively the invitation to come and serve and steward is an invitation to joy. You guys with me? It's an invitation to joy. Yeah? Are you with me? Okay. Just making sure. It's joy. It's joy. It's not about work. It's about joy. But if you don't work, you don't get joy. Okay? You with me? So we gain peace in knowing everything we have is the Lord's, and he has full control, even though he's entrusted much to us. We gain joy because of how our faithfulness leads into closeness. Let's take a look at our last point this morning. It says we must have a sense of urgency and awareness. Everybody say urgency. urgency. Say awareness. awareness. To wisely steward and serve today because the Lord has not guaranteed tomorrow. Now, we don't know what time this guy in the parable was coming back, and they didn't either. It said it was after a long time, and it sure feels like the Lord's waited long enough to me. Uh, thank God he's not back yet, because you still have breath and time at the moment of hearing my voice to respond to salvation, to respond to the love of God for you, but you might not have tomorrow. And so I would call you to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord right now. Not later, not after lunch, not tomorrow, not next Sunday, not when you sort of feel a little bit better about it. I would call you due to the urgency of the good news of Christ to follow him today. You don't have to have it all figured out. You definitely don't have to be a good person. You don't have to know everything that's in the Bible. You just have to say, I'm going to give the entirety of myself to Jesus today. He'll take care of the rest. I'm going to follow him. And so we've got to have a sense of urgency and awareness henceforward after that moment as well so we can wisely steward and serve. This story doesn't call us to use up all of our time, talents, and treasures in such a way that will leave us exhausted and destitute. Did you notice that? The talents, the money, was invested. It wasn't just given away. We're stewards, we're not the government. We don't just, you know, hand it all out. We're stewards. God wants to increase your capacity to serve and steward. 
because he wants to increase your capacity for joy. In heaven, how much wealth do you think God will have? How much time do you think we'll all have? How much energy do you think we'll all have? Oh, yeah, we won't run out, will we? So what's all that about? The joy of our master. So for now, he's not saying these things to guilt trip you. And I'm definitely not trying to. I told you, I've been slowing down. Not today. Today was crazy, but... As a whole, as a whole, thank God I've been slowing down. I probably would have gone nuts to, you know. No, I'm called to slow down right now. When it doesn't make sense to. See, we can spend our time on things or consider that all of our time expended is actually an investment that can produce a greater return. So how have you been spending your time? See, we can spend our talents on things or we can leverage them as an investment in the kingdom. And we can spend our treasures or we can invest and prepare to be generous over a lifetime and beyond. Consider how someone you invest your life in today might change the world tomorrow. There's a young kid uh, in my neighborhood, a couple houses down. I'll tell you more of his story another day, but I've been investing in him for three years. He's not here yet. But he's been in my living room. He's been reading the word of God. We played a lot of soccer together. He's a real bright young man. He's going to come around. And I've been investing in him. I haven't been playing soccer. I haven't been hanging out. I haven't been eating food. I've been investing time. Consider how you can serve not only by doing but by multiplying your gifts in such a way that will activate the gifts of others for service. Some of you are training people in different positions around the church right now as we've brought two churches into one, and you're already doing some of that, but what about in your career? And what about in all the other gifts God's given you? What if your gift is not just in the way that you're exercising it in a way that's helpful, but it's actually an activator for the gifts of others? What if by you serving, you're going to pull out the gifts of others? And consider how you can steward your money in such a way today that will elevate your potential for generosity tomorrow, even while you're still generous today. See, if these guys gave away all five talents, they wouldn't have anything left to give. I'm sure there's a time and place where God might ask that of us. He said to the rich young ruler, he said, give all you have to the poor. That's in there too. So... I can't tell you what you're supposed to do, but what I am saying is God expects a return and it relates to your joy. And if we agree with him, he'll give us clarity on what to do. The key is in the mindset. We've got to weigh our decisions very carefully because the time is short. Look in the text and you'll see the servant that that hid the master's resources in the ground. He was operating out of scarcity and fear. I've done that before. I've done that before. You're wondering, if if I do this thing that I'm feeling called to do, if I spend this time, if I move to that city, if I take that job, if I give that money, it might hurt a little bit. It might be a little challenging. Let's just put it in the ground for a while. Let's keep that in the prayer room for a while. Let's put that in my journal and never tell anybody about it for a while. You know? But we don't know when Jesus is coming back. The servants who were good and faithful, immediately it says, did you see the word immediately? Immediately they went about the business of kingdom investment, knowing that the master wanted a good return on their stewardship. 
So don't squander your time on spending your, or don't squander uh, your time, talents, and treasures on this life. Ask the Lord how he wants you to serve and steward all of the types of resources he's given you. Invest your time in people that are hungry for growth. I've got a principle I live by called water the green grass. Some old wise guy said, you know, those dead spots in your lawn, you can keep planting seed all you want. Water the green grass. It'll take over the brown stuff. Water those people. Invest your time sharing the gospel and gospel hospitality in people that are looking for God. Invest your talents for the kingdom, both in the church and in the marketplace. Discover your unique gifts that are given to you for the building of the church and for the manifest word of God in the marketplace. And invest your treasures through God's investment vehicle, the local church, so we can provide for ministry today and prepare for abundance tomorrow. And I want to share a caveat that is so important. Some of you today are just like, oh, man, I don't know what I can do. This time, this time of year is pretty hard. You're strapped for time, and you're probably strapped for cash too, many of you. I get it. I want to give you a word of encouragement specifically for you. Don't be concerned with the quantity of what God's entrusted to you. He has trusted you to give him a quality return. He gave one guy five, one guy two, one guy one, and they were probably comparing and mad with each other, don't you think? I would be. There was some parable they went out in the vineyard and worked all day, and they all got paid the same thing, but they worked different amounts of hours. That's not fair. Gospel's not fair. God's love isn't fair. It's just good. It's just good. And whatever he's entrusted to you, I can make you a promise. That his word right here says he wants to grow it. Doesn't mean he's going to grow it how you want him to. And it doesn't mean it's like that in every season of your whole life. But if you'll not be as concerned about the quantity, and you'll give him back quality, he'll grow it. He'll give you more influence because you've proven to be a wise servant and steward. And if not, it says he'll even take away the things we have now. So what have we learned today? We're called to steward our time, talents, and treasures for maximum kingdom impact through investment as servants. The call to serve and steward is actually a call into greater intimacy and joy in Jesus. And we must have a sense of urgency and awareness to wisely steward and serve today because the Lord has not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm. I've got a couple friends uh, to bring up for a quick testimony, and I will in just a moment. Uh, God really loves a faithful steward, and so I wanted to share an example from our church of a couple who's serving and experiencing the joy of the master, and a couple who's uh, been giving and stewarding in that way, and seeing the joy of the master. So with the Scott family, come on up. With the Koval family, come on up. You guys can hang right down here by me. I'm going to have them share a little story. These are a couple awesome families. Can you guys give it up for our friends? Come on down. Come on. Here, we can hop in front here. How about this? How about this? So I asked these guys this week just to share a word. Uh, There's some of our, our core people here. They're just dialed into the church. And I see joy on your faces frequently. This guy's tired. He was working all night, right? Something like that today. But we're going to cheer him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they've been super faithful. I want you to hear a little bit about how their journey has produced joy in their life. And then I want to ask each of them to pray for you. We'll start with the Kovals here. Thanks. Um, 
I was thinking today about what to say, and a lot of what Wes just preached about was where we were. Um, last year, I was in like a season of burnout, I guess you could say, and um, I was just praying to the Lord to like renew my heart, and he gave me um, a verse, uh, Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And through that, I think I remembered exactly what Jesus did for me. And um, through that, I was able to just find so much joy in experiencing him. And so I think with serving, the joy that you get is out of gratitude of, of what he's done for you. And if you think that you don't have any gifts to give, you, you have something That's to right. give. Uh, let me encourage you in that as well. Um, so I just want to pray for you quickly. Um, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this family, Lord. I thank you for your, your salvation. I thank you for what you've done, Lord, the gift that you've given us. And I pray, Lord, that each person in this room would be encouraged today to use the gifts that you have given them for, your, for, our, for our good and for your glory, Lord, because we love you so much. And it's through us that you work. So, Lord, please give us obedience to serve in a way that honors you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give it up for the Koval family here. You guys can hang, hang up here a minute. Here's the Scots. Who's, who's doing the talking here? All right. As usual. Um. When we were asked to speak, there was a verse that came to mind for me. Um, it was 2 Corinthians um, chapter 8, verse 14. Um, right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. Um, this verse came to me during a time when we were preparing for our daughter, um, a very scary time. Um, we didn't know how we were going to fully provide for her, but our village was able to pour into us. Um, and we then, with this verse, them pouring into us in this verse in mind, we knew that what we did have put aside for her, you know, we were able to give to other people and kind of start this ripple effect, um, and it was, it was beautiful, it was great. Um, there was a, a family member who needed, sorry. there was a family member who needed um, something for her child. We were able to give that to her. A friend of ours who had passed away, he had a son or has a son and we were able to help out with him. Um, so this, this really sat in my heart. And um, earlier in this verse it says, I'll start in the second one. Um, they are being tested by many troubles, and they have, oh, sorry, they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but more, but far more, and they did it in their own free will. So we live by that truly, and it, it brings us true joy just to give Sorry, sorry, guys. It, it gives us, brings us true joy just to give whatever we have. When we don't have money, we have time. If we don't have time, we have our talents, and it gives us plenty of joy to, to do that. Uh, we just going to pray for y'all. Um, 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is a lamp into our feet, light into our paths, Lord. Uh, may we not get caught up on a quantity of what you give us, Lord. You've created everybody uniquely and made them specifically for a purpose, Lord, and it's not for comparison. May we trust in you with the quantity that you give us and not look at the next man's. May we pour back into you, Lord, and everything that is in our hands you have provided. May we submit our bodies to you as a living sacrifice, Lord, holy and acceptable, Lord, and give it up to you abundantly because you deserve it and you're worthy of it. Father God, may you just fill everybody up with a joy that this world didn't give and they can't take away. Father God, your joy is amazing. May it just rest and abide in us, Lord. And uh, thank you just for this time to be with the church family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to talk to you guys for a minute. I'm going to turn around. Sorry for you folks online, but you got to look at the back of my head just for a minute. Well done. You guys have been good and faithful. Let's keep going. Let's keep getting more joy. Give it up for these two families. Thank you. I could bring a lot of you up here. You guys are awesome. And it's like the more I get to know different folks from both congregations, now we've all mingled, the more I love you. And I think that's exactly the whole point of the family of God, right? Man, these deep relationships where we experience the joy of the master. God loves a good steward and a faithful servant, doesn't he? I believe that if we prepare ourselves for an outpouring from him, we will receive it. I also believe that if we don't, have the heart of a servant, or if we aren't prepared to steward what he could entrust to us, then he will entrust his blessings somewhere else. In this season, we'll be preparing not only for what he's placed in our hands now, but for what he will place in our hands soon. Because of this, we have an immediate need for 10 more volunteers every week. That's just the status quo. That's not crazy. I asked, I asked, uh, a group of guys um, yesterday morning, I said, what would it look like for God to supernaturally bless this church? I don't mean normal stuff, statistical growth that's expected on charts and stuff if we kind of do the right things and sort of market and sort of invite people and sort of do some community outreach. What would it look like for a supernatural move where you could say only God could have done that? Why don't we go ahead and get ready for it? Go ahead and pick a number in your head. Go ahead and pick a situation in your head. Why don't you just go ahead and dream a little bit under the power of your renewed mind that Jesus has given you that thinks like there's no limits, that thinks like he's got abundant provision for you and he's never gonna run out. You know why I said don't worry about, be worried about quantity? Because he has more. That's not the problem. The problem's the quality. The problem is we're too focused on ourselves. I'm not saying you guys, I'm probably saying me. I'm saying in general. Let's let that stuff loose and say, if God gave a supernatural move here in Pittsburgh, what would it look like? Because I want to be a part of it, and I want to be ready to receive it. And I don't want my hands clinging to what I have now so that I can't grab hold of what he's going to drop in here. This is not a sermon about money and going doing stuff. This is about living the abundant life with full joy that Jesus has called you to. And man, I want that for you. I don't need you to do stuff. In fact, I'll give you one disclaimer right now. If any part of you is turned off by this message today, if you're joining us online, you say, this guy's frustrating me. Please don't serve and don't give today. Please don't do it. Find the joy and then grow the joy. When you loosen that grip, 
and you wisely invest your time and talents and treasures, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And every time you take a bold, courageous risk, you'll realize it's not that risky after all. God was in control. You'll take a bold, courageous risk, and God will say, oh, your hand looking empty now. Here you go, buddy. Go do it again. Go do it again, because I didn't come here to grow a church, Jesus said. No, I want to build the whole thing. Not just one little local church and filling up a room and paying our bills and getting more volume. Let's reach all of the world. Let's start to dream way bigger than we should in a way that upsets the status quo, in a way that is prepared for the growth that you can't even imagine yet. Will, we, will God just increase our spiritual imagination and give us his dreams to pray about? That when we pray in his name, we'll be asking for the same things he asked for. And he said, give me the nations. And if we're thinking about Pittsburgh, we're still thinking too small. That's 2.5 million. Come on, go help me out, bro. You help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what, here's what we need, guys. I want to just share with you practically. You say, what do I do now? You know, I got my church on, you know? Um, we need four more worship and production members immediately. We need some camera guys. We need some guys in the booth. These guys are working hard. Give it up for them. Come on. We need a couple more guys up here. How many instruments do you think we can fit on this stage, Josiah? How many? I don't see any accordions or mandolins or anything. We got, we got room up here. We got room. And when we run out of room up here, it's because some of you aren't up here yet. You know what I'm saying? So we need your help. We need four more kids ministry leaders immediately. I brought three kids in myself. I, I'm going to grow this church one way or another. Some of you understand what I'm saying right now. We need more kids ministry volunteers. Right? Don't we, Sarah? We do. We need to open up new classrooms. We need some of you that have kids that don't serve to start serving. We need some of you without kids to come give mama a break, okay? And we need to do it in Jesus' name because this next generation, we're going to partner with parents for a next generation of kids who will love God and others. We need two more Connect Team members. We need to start a parking lot team. We need people ready to shovel snow. We need people ready to go clean that drain out that clogged up this morning. Uh, we got a lot of needs around here, okay? I need a facilities and maintenance team. We need a security team. Uh, we need a hospitality team. Uh, I needed somebody to help me with these towels this morning. And thank God Chris was standing right there because we don't have a team yet. We got all kinds of needs. But that's not the point. The point is, are we stewarding the time and talents and treasures? Because when we do, we will receive the joy of our master. And that is good stuff. So in the new year, we'll be sharing about how we can serve in and out. I don't actually want you to do anything today. Let's hang out. Christmas is coming real soon. Next week, we have one service just in the morning, 10 a.m., Christmas Eve candlelight service in the morning. Then you can go with mom or grandma somewhere at night if you want to or eat some cookies. Uh, but we'll be here next Sunday, and we're sort of resting through this season. But in January, uh, we're full bore prepared for God to place more in our hands because he's looking for us and he's asking us, he said, are you going to be prepared to steward the growth that I could bring? When I do what only I can do, are you ready for it? Because if you're not, I can wait. Or I can send them down the road to somebody who is. Now, I want to steward families just like you here. Thanks for calling me on Friday and trusting us with your story. I want to be ready. Amen? So, we'll wrap it up like this.
Are we prepared for the growth God will bring? Not quite yet. <laughs> but we're on our way, aren't we? We're on our way. Why would we want to do it? That's right. We want to do it because it's good news. It's part of how we really feel like we're part of God's family. And so in this marriage, when we operate in the way that God's called us to, we experience the feelings of the reality of the identity he's given us. He has chosen and appointed each of you that are in Christ today. So how do we gracefully and intentionally apply this to our lives? I want you to take out that connect card and write one of three words on it today. I'm not going to make you do anything by writing this down. This is for you. This is an act of worship. I would love for you to turn it in because then I can help you. We can come alongside you and steward you. We can help you understand what to do. If you'll write down your information there, we're going to pass the baskets in a few minutes, and it gives you an opportunity to give back to the Lord of all he's entrusted to you, as well as to respond in worship with a commitment. And you're not committing anything in particular. You're just saying, this is what I'm sensing today. I want you to write down one of three words, start, serve, or steward. Because I believe he's probably impressed upon you one of those three areas as you think about time, talents, and treasures that you need to make a move in. Some of you today don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord yet. I want you to write start. I want you to say, this is for me. I don't got it all figured out, but I saw that baptism and I heard those stories and I believe God can do anything. And no, I'm not good enough and no, I don't have it all together. That's why I need to start. And so we're going to talk to you about salvation and baptism and maybe joining a group if you write that word down. Some of you need to write serve because you've realized you love being a part of the family of God, but there's always some dishes in the sink, aren't there? And there's always some laundry to do. And there's always some other things that need doing in the landscaping, right? And so some of you need to write serve. And this month, we're only talking about in, but next month, we're going to start to talk about out. We want everyone here at this church to serve in and out. And finally, some of you need to write down steward. And if you do, we'll help you learn how to give consistently, generously, and sacrificially. You know, my heart is not so much about increasing giving here. It's about increasing your financial health. I think the church should actually help you in your finances. Generosity will be a part of that. But if we don't get to a place where we can be generous, what are we supposed to do? If we can barely pay our bills... If we're living at 110% of our income on credit cards, you might just need a little help. Or maybe you just, you're just in a good spot and you sense the Lord said, I just haven't been quite the steward that I've needed to be in this season. That's okay. Let's commit today. Write down the word steward. So what is it that you need to do? I want to invite the band up as you think about start, serve, and steward. We're going to sing one of my favorite songs. I love this song. It's called Touch of Heaven. And as we do, I want you to take the first couple minutes of the song and just pray. Ask the Lord, Master, what do you want me to do? This isn't all my stuff, my time, talents, and treasures. My presence here today is for you. And so whatever it is you want me to do, I'm listening. And I want to write down and commit to you today whatever it is, because I'm looking for more joy in my life. After this song, we'll pass the baskets uh, you know, I did uh, mean to mention, uh, last week we announced we've transferred all of our giving to Travelers Church now as we're combining accounts, so if you haven't done that or if you need help, uh, please let us know, uh, but every uh, check that goes in the back or anything like that, cash, it's all to Travelers Church as we combine, uh, so please make a point of shifting those things over. But I want to conclude on this note. When Jesus 
looked at the people and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been entrusted with little. Now I'll entrust you with much. Enter the joy of your master. I wonder what it was like for those guys. I would have been expecting. I'm going to give you a promotion. I'm going to give you more work to do. Now go do it. That's not what Jesus said. The parable explains the nature of his relationship with you like this. Well done. The work of salvation has been done for you. It is not in process. Looking and feeling like what has been done, that takes time. What you are stewarding right now is only for a season. It will come to an end. And in that day, one of two things happens. You're removed from his presence. Or he says, come on, well done. Enter the joy that I've been living in since the dawn of eternity. Enter the joy that I created you for. Oh, come closer. So let's sing about it and get some. Will you stand and pray with me? Father God, wherever we're joining together in this family from today, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story that gives us a picture of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we thank you that it is for the sake of intimacy that you call us to serve and to steward. And Lord, we just confess to you we are not sure what to do sometimes. We need your help. So we want to rest in your spirit right now and listen to him that we might do what you called us to not out of guilt but as a result of the grace you've given us in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.